The Colorado Sports Guys podcast is brought to you by the Denver Chop House. The Denver Chop House, located in the heart of Lower Downtown at 19th and Winecoop, provides you the greatest place to get burgers, steaks, drinks. It's perfect for sports fans. It's perfect for lovers of all sports. It's perfect for lovers of food. It's just a fantastic place. And we are proud to say that the Denver Chop House is a sponsor of the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. So get your Nuggets gear on there and head down there before a game, after a game, during a game, maybe when the Nuggets are on the road. I don't know. Go check it out. Put on your gear. Go down there. They love Denver sports fans there. They love Nuggets fans. Denver Chop House loves you. Thank you for listening to Colorado Sports Guys podcast. Enjoy the show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. Man, it feels like a while since we've recorded the podcast, doesn't it, boys? It does. It does. It's been a minute. It's been a minute or two. We are back, of course. I am Nate Timmons. Those sweet voices you hear behind me, Ross, Hipsters, Glasses, Martin. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, where the West lives on and on and on. Hmm. And on and on. <laughs> Indeed. Can and making you smell his that way. Dust? That's the West living. That's the West living. The West living. Making his way all the way down here, we got the King of Thornton, Jeff Morton. What is up, everyone? I like how he's the King of Thornton, too, you know? That's like, being, that's, like, Thornton. that's like being the king of the tallest garbage pile, you know? Ooh. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> the people are going to turn on you if you keep talking like that about him. I don't know. I, I think you meant to say that. the shortest yes, garbage, no, that's garbage true. pile. The shortest, yeah, yeah. The shortest. Well, nice view from up there. Yeah. And the pile of tin cans. <laughs> Guys, we got a lot and of sports. Empty skull tins. <laughs> a lot of sports to talk about tonight. Of course, our Denver Broncos were back in action without John Fox continuing to roll on that steam-powered engine, as Jeff would call it, rolling to victory week after week. Uh, we had the Avalanche. They probably won some games. They're probably doing pretty well, right? I think they got a pretty big game tonight against Carolina. Hey, allegedly. one of these days you guys allegedly. are, you guys are going to have to explain the concept of hockey to me because it's alien. <clears throat> but I, I want to let the people know out there, all you all you hockey fans, that I am trying to learn. I'm trying to appreciate hockey. So educate me. Tweet us at, at Colorado Sports at C O L O Sports Guys or at J Morton seventy eight. Educate me on the ways of hockey because I'm completely alien to this. Yes, take time out of your schedule that is otherwise occupied by complaining about how people don't like hockey. To inform <laughs> to, Jeff to, about to, the to merits, to me the merits of this beautiful, majestic sport, and you could be like William Costigan Jr. William Costigan Jr. <laughs> and you'll the be third. You'll Ross, be- that was actually the clip I sent you via text video that you were unable to receive. I was watching The Departed over the weekend, and that part was coming on like literally two minutes into the movie. And I recorded it on my phone, and then I sent it to you and to Jeff oh, individually. You know, I got a, uh, I got a, uh, I didn't get the video, but I got a text that said, I remember now, I got a text from you that said something about uh, didn't really add up column or something, and I, and I knew exactly it was from the departed. Yeah, the departed. Jeff liked it. I got a LOL. I think you got it. Oh, yeah, Jeff's always lolling. Yeah, I'm He's always lolling all over himself. I lolled all over my shoes this morning. <laughs> he really did. But a f- 
fantastic movie, The Departed. Yes, it is. And the Nuggets are a team that uh, has not departed. They're staying together. The Nuggets staying uh, together. You know, I've noticed something about the Nuggets. They, they stopped. Uh, you know, we had Christopher Dempsey on here a few weeks back, not last week. On that fine episode you guys did, the little mini episode you guys did last week. The quiet zone. We recorded with no mic. <laughs> the quiet zone, yes. Yeah. It was very quiet. Yeah, just talking about the Nuggets. Really excited about the Nuggets right now. It was loud in the room. <laughs> but Christopher Dempsey had mentioned uh, a couple months ago or a few weeks back that, that Kenneth Fareed was the face of the Denver Nuggets. And you could see him plastered all over the city of Denver on billboards and whatnot. And I noticed the Nuggets have changed up their strategy a little bit this week. Uh-oh. I saw a lot of advertisements on uh, the internet, Denver Post, for, where they have Wiggins a or? new face of the of the Nuggets. Jabari Parker? Steve Nash. Oh, Steve Nash, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Come yeah. watch the Nuggets. It's who the Lakers play against sometimes. Which isn't actually true because I believe Steve Nash is out. Which yeah. I thought was weird. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be hurt, so he's not even going to play. I mean, he has old man <laughs> He has old man back like Larry Bird did. He so. looks creepy. He's gotten creepier and creepier, uh, Steve Nash. He's got yeah, a bit of that yes. skeletal look to him. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, he looks well, like it's Canadians, totally you know, dying. this is what happened to him. Uh, yeah. Not enough maple syrup. <laughs> not enough maple syrup. <laughs> but you can't say that about all Canadians because Andrew Wiggins looks like he's getting... <laughs> So what about Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> it was uh, telling me I made a good point. Andrew Wiggins, a Canadian. Kid looks pretty good. And he's Mormon, isn't he? That's uh, Jabari Parker. Oh, Jabari Parker's more Mormon. Yeah, this is Jabari Parker. Speaking of uh, the Mormons, Friday night at the Buell Theater downtown, I went and saw the Book of Mormon. Oh, yes. And I have to say, that was fantastic. I, I think, I'm pretty sure it was the first musical I've ever seen in my life, live action type musical. It was awesome. Really, really proud to call Trey Parker and Matt Stone Coloradans. So, wait, wait. So, that is the first ever musical you've ever seen? I think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's a good one to see if you're going to see it as your first one because I've heard nothing but good things about that. It was awesome. It, was really it is good. awesome. I recommend it to anybody out there who probably can't afford to see it. But. <laughs> oh. Speaking oh. of young guys and Canadians and draft picks, let's get into a little headlines. What do you say, boys? Sounds good. Now, usually this would be about the time when I chime in. Or at that out. Or at that out. We are having just a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic show so far. I forget on the iTunes, you actually have to hit pause after a song. So. <laughs> Rogue pod. That was user error. <laughs> that was user, user error. error. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. oh. So anyway. <laughs> headlines. Usually I would chime in here. Yep, yep. But I don't have any headlines. There was a headline I read today that uh kind of uh irritated me a little bit. Did you make this I, headline up or? No, it was a headline I read. I don't have the exact headline, but yeah. uh, it was something along the lines of uh the Broncos flexed a Chiefs game. They they flex the Chiefs game to later in the day. And I was confused because the Broncos are about ready to play the Chiefs and they had already flexed it to the evening game, the the, yeah. the, the Sunday night football right. game. And so you I You forgot they play twice a year. Oh, hold on. Okay. Tim, it's, it's it's confusing because it's the it's like a few days before and they're saying that they flex the Chiefs game and I realized that they were flexing the Chiefs game 
in two in, weeks. In Kansas City, the in, one in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, in three weeks. Why is flex the word they use for this, by the way? It's flexible because that's what it is. Like flexible. Flex, See, yeah. flexible would be better. Flex, I think of like just some guy like Steve Hess in his office like, <laughs> Yeah. I think the better word would be fungible, wouldn't it? Fun- yeah, I don't know what that means, but that sounds better. <laughs> fungible. So you could call it funge. We funged, funged this game. Funged. <laughs> we funged yeah, they, it. They did make it more fun. <laughs> anyway. We just stomped all over your room. Podcasting with my brother's kids. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I was, uh, I'm was i I'm always annoyed at the flex schedule, generally, because the Broncos' games, and, and inherently the games later in the season are flexed, and that means that, you're, you know, they're usually, for some reason, I feel like they're home games. They always get flexed to later in the night, and that means it's yeah. going to be colder. That means it's going to be a later night. That means I'm going to be more tired the next day. Tired. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oof. Good adjective. Tell you what. <laughs> and uh, Ross is going to be more fungible. <laughs> that night, and then the next day. Tired. But <laughs> I realized something about this upcoming Sunday that had pissed me off a few months back when I saw that there was a conflict between the Broncos and Chiefs game and something else I wanted to watch that was happening earlier in the day, and this was the uh, Formula One race at uh, the uh, Circuit of the Americas in, you still watch in that Texas. Crap? Yeah, F one. Okay. So there's going to be a big race on in uh, on Sat on Sunday about one o'clock, and now I'm going to be able to watch that whole race, and then I'm going to be able to watch the Bronco game later in the day uninterrupted. Okay. Yeah. I would not watch that. You guys are, you guys are with me? Yes. Sounds terrible. I'm not, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't even cross my mind to watch that, but yeah. I've had moments where things have come into conflict with what I've wanted to watch. So, I mean, I appreciate your, uh, your initial predicament. All right. Yeah. All right. I got a headline for you, Ross. But anyway, then they flex the uh, Chiefs game oh, yeah. from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, two or three weeks from now. And that's the game in Kansas City. Yeah. So what's and the that also of- pisses me off because I love the morning games and the Broncos never seem to play on the morning games and I love watching morning games. But they I never play them. well. Anytime in the morning. I can start drinking at ten thirty in the morning, <laughs> yeah, I hate, those, I hate the morning games. That, the Broncos never play well in morning. I games think that is an exaggeration. Was there any reason for why they flex it from morning to afternoon? Because I saw this on Twitter and I just didn't really care to read up. I think well, the afternoon games are the the more watched games, especially in the the national television. So, so I mean, that, like those evening games. Those are like at ten a.m. On the West Coast, and all those yeah. gang bangers are sleeping off of. So there's just nothing good to watch at that point. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. All right. <laughs> I got a headline if you want me to read it. Do it. It's basketball right. related. Oh no! I'll, let's keep it football. We're talking football. How about this? From Arrowhead Pride, Ross's favorite blog. Dot com. Joel Foreman, some Kansas City scumbag. Dwayne Dwayne Bow arrested for possession of marijuana. According to police, where was he arrested for this? Not in Colorado, that's for sure, God. right? That's what is the easy with these, joke. What is with these, like backwoods, antiquated states that still, still in 2013 don't have legal marijuana? I, I it's, it boggles my mind. It is I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Although you'd be hard pressed to tell me which state he was arrested in, whether it was Kansas or Missouri, <laughs> considering that you, we don't even know which state this team Nobody is knows. even in. It's a mystery. Listen to Nobody the first. Nobody knows. The first sentence of this article, though, is Denver Broncos Week is already off to a horrible start. 
According to reports, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Dwayne Bowe arrested north of Kansas City on Sunday night for possession of marijuana and speeding. That first sentence kind of threw me, though. Denver Broncos week is already off to a horrible start. Like, if there was a possessive on the Broncos there, it would be Denver Broncos' week, right? But no, this is Kansas City's version of Raider oh, Hater week. Right, you know, Denver, yeah. this they is call their, it Bronco week. Denver Broncos week. They week. would call it that. Right. We just call it any other week. Yeah, any other week, man. <laughs> they don't know because we're coming for them. Kansas yeah. City. Uh, Kansas City, I, I am sorry. And, and I have been the one to speak against the whole concept of strength of schedule and how meaningless it is because no matter what happens, as long as you win, then you're good. And, and so far this season, the Kansas City Chiefs have done nothing but win. That's it. But – I, for some reason, even in light of all the Peyton Manning injury stuff and and uh, John Fox's health problems, I, I'm not in the least bit worried about the Broncos losing this game. I, not I've this one. Against the Chiefs. Maybe two weeks from now I'm a little worried. Going to Kansas City. <laughs> I don't think – three weeks, right? Sure. But I, I'm not worried about I, the, the Chiefs are not a great offensive team, and no. the way the Broncos' defense has been playing out of their mind, uh, I'm not really worried. I mean, if the if the if the Chiefs hold the Broncos to 14 points, the Broncos win that game. Yeah, right. You'd think so, and that's kind of what the airwaves have been littered with this week. Is even tonight, when as I was driving over here, is this talk of. You know, how good is this Kansas City defense? And obviously they hit on the fact that Kansas City's played all these backup quarterbacks and this and that. But, you know, they're going to be missing Dwayne Bowe probably for this game. I, would, I don't know. Wait, is he maybe, suspended? Maybe not. Probably not. He could pop for marijuana. Yeah, even if he if he plays or doesn't play, does it matter? I, I know my sister has Dwayne Bowe on her fantasy team or had him. But she's wound up, I think, cutting him or doesn't play him because he's terrible. <laughs> it doesn't. Who cares if this guy got arrested? He's not You're, any good. At least the evidence of your analysis, at least the evidence, at least the evidence you use in your analysis of this game comes from your sister's fantasy football league moves. Well, yeah, that's good. I mean, obviously, if the guy's not putting up fantasy stats, he's not doing much for your team, right? I mean, let me tell you why the seriously. Broncos are going to win this week because my sister. My sister has Dwayne Bowe on her fantasy team. <laughs> and he's terrible. He is terrible. But that's the point with the Chiefs, right? Like, Dwayne Bowe's not putting up big numbers, thus the Kansas City offense not really doing a whole lot besides, you know, ball control offense, running the ball, playing good defense, I guess. I don't think they have an elite defense. I think their defense has been very turnover happy, which the Broncos, I guess, have been turnover happy as an offense. So, Well, uh, here's what summed it up for me. is was a couple weeks ago watching the Bills and the Chiefs, and uh, what's his face, the Bills guy? Not uh, Tool? He, yeah, Tool yeah. throws that 99-yard pick six. <laughs> and it's like that's that's what the Chiefs need to win games like that. Yeah. Without that, that, they don't even win that game against the Bills. But they need that, and I don't think Peyton Manning's going to do that. I don't think Peyton Manning's going to do that on two good ankles. I don't think he's going to do that on two bad ankles. Right. Uh, it's fine. And uh, you know what did piss me off though in this game is why didn't they just pull Peyton Manning out at the end to kneel those, kneel it down, and he's going to hand it off anyway. I don't. I think I don't they know. were trying, I and get, I, I did, but Peyton just would not come out of the game. I guess. It, and if you know. put in your backup. Peyton can come back in, right? It's if you go to your third string that Peyton's not allowed to play again. Yes, if you put in the third string, you can't come back. We don't have a third string quarterback. If you put in your, if you have to use your third string quarterback, the first string quarterback cannot come back. That is true. Yep. Yeah. That is not true. That is true. True. That is true. Yep. Yeah. 
That's a rule. It's an NFL rule. <laughs> that's where you get. I have never whole, heard like, that in my entire life. That's where, like, kind of the NFL is similar to MLB, where if you take a pitcher out, he can't come back in. You know, if you get to your third string quarterback, your first string can't come back in. This is true. That's true. If he takes a snap under center or shotgun or whatever. But then I've also wondered, like, how does that work with Wildcat? But I guess with Wildcat, your quarterback's still on the field typically. He's just out at wide receiver. Yeah. What if they hike it direct snap to a halfback on a play? Does that That's count? That's what we were just talking about. As one of the quarterbacks? <laughs> I guess not. It has to actually be your third-string quarterback like, that on is, your center that, that I do not believe that. That's a rule. I'm sorry. Google That's not that. a rule. That's not a rule. <laughs> Look. There's no, there's no rule. Up. You could put your wide receiver in it at quarterback on a play. It doesn't yeah. affect who you put in later. No. It doesn't. But it's something about the quarterback. No, that's not a rule. No, no this is like, you're like, you're not confusing baseball rules. You're confusing soccer rules. <laughs> I don't know any rules about soccer. So you, you, get, you guys realize. You don't know any rules about football you guys, either. You, this you, is not a rule. You guys understand what's going to happen, right? Is that, uh, after we post this thing tonight and tomorrow morning, we're going to get people saying, uh, either Jeff and Nate are wrong or Ross is wrong, and they're like, "No, you guys are idiots. That's not real. That's not how it works." I hope they. I wish some of those people were in the room right now. <laughs> you got this right. I got this one. Clowns. No, Nate and I got it right. Yeah. All right, moving on, moving along. Let's get to this one from SB Nation. Huh? The dot com. Tom Ziller, Andrew Wiggins, and the NBA draft. Oh wait, hold on. Andrew Wiggins, the NBA draft. And hype machine whiplash. I had yes. that once. You guys are we talking about a wig? Yeah, he's he gets into uh, the debate between Andrew Wiggins, Julius Randle, and uh, a little bit of Jabari Parker about being maybe the first three picks in this draft. But it's mainly the whole article is about how NBA scouts can they be trusted? You know, because and he brought up an example of. Well, let's say an NBA scout is telling a reporter how great Nerlens Noel is, and Nerlens Noel is so great and he's so good, but then his team drafts Anthony Bennett with the first pick, which happened this past season. Yeah. Like our NBA scouts basically blowing smoke the entire year because you know, like like right now, everyone's trying to say that Andrew Wiggins is not this, you know, the next LeBron James, or like he's not even some scouts are saying he's not even the third or fourth best player on Kansas's team. So it's like, are they trying to say that to try to get the hype down on him so that their team could potentially draft him? You know what it's like is, <laughs> you know, in, in, if, if you're filing like a class action suit against someone who has defamed your character and it's proven that this person is a pathological liar, it's harder for you to prove that the person lied about you because the person lies all the time. Mm. So who knows if he's like that, that, that is, that's one, a classic thing that they say in class action suits and know all the scouts use this. As a uh, cover, because who knows if they're telling the truth or lying about it. There's a hype machine associated with Andrew Wiggins right now. I mean, a huge one. He's he been is, like the number one pick in the NBA yeah. draft for like the past five years. Pres- Everyone's like, he's going to be the number one pick. Presumed. Like 14. Yeah, presumed number one. And then there's going to be always those people who are anti-hype. So like they respond negatively to the hype surrounding one person or the way they perceive that. But this is also I'm anti-hype. This is also a very I was interesting. Anti LeBron James. Yeah, but this he, he is proved the, me wrong. <laughs> and this is the first <laughs> college class where we've really seen like everyone saying that this draft is as strong as that LeBron James draft class, and we're getting to see all these kids yeah. play a season of college basketball. Like tonight, 
Kansas plays Duke. We're seeing Andrew Wiggins play Jabari Parker. Yep. And this is going to really be a hot debate this whole season because people want to know, like, there are franchise guys in this draft. And if you redid that Carmelo draft, you'd probably take LeBron number one, probably Dwayne Wade two, and Carmelo would still be three, and Chris Bosh fourth, you know? So people want to figure out, like, which of these three guys is going to be the best player and who is going to change the fortune of the team the most because there's a lot of teams tanking the Nuggets – one of which could possibly be a team in the mix for these guys if they continued on the same path. Let me read this next headline. Real quick. I, mean, I, to- I told you that headline to tell you this one. You go ahead. I did. I, I, got, I got an update on the third quarterback rule when you're done. Okay, good. Okay. All right. Uh, from DenverStiffs.com. From one Ooh, Jeff Morton. Jeffrey Morton of DenverStiffs.com. Nuggets no longer close to the edge. Get second win of season. Two and four, baby. The Nuggets are two and four. Look, can I ask you guys a question? Is it a little too early for the Nuggets to be getting a second wind? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is, is that, is that this disconcerting is... to you guys at all, that their second wind has come less than two weeks into the season? Yes. Well, it's it's extremely disconcerting, but, I mean, what are we going to do? And then the other question is... is, is it really a second wind and... and is it absolutely I think it's more of a first wind? Well, uh, <laughs> was it, it, was it completely unacceptable that they lost three games in a row or whatever it was? They lost three in a row, right? Or four to start the season? Uh, they, they lost were, three to start they the season. They lost three, oh, and, three the season. and then they won, and then they lost, and then they won. Yeah, right. So no, no, they went lost, 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 win. Then they beat win. They won two. They I beat know. Utah. They lost night, to right? Phoenix. Remember? Oh yeah, lost to Phoenix. Yeah, yes. that's what I meant. Boom. But are, Two and four. Is this the same old Again, thing math. we do every year? Like if the Nuggets were – how many games have they played now? Six. six. If they were 6-0, <laughs> and oh, yeah, six. if they were 6-0, and oh, right, would you guys be – I'd uh, be talking about the NBA be, Finals. Be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nate, Nate would be – would have come into the palatial studios with pom-poms yep. and a skirt doing Nuggets cheering. Wearing a Lawson jersey. Signed, probably. Signed <laughs> it, it, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's not necessarily that they are they were 0-3 and then 1-4. and It's the, how oh, dreadful they looked. It wasn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't that. I mean, the Nuggets last year when they started 0-3, they just had a different look and feel about them. You know, sometimes you can just tell. And this team just looked awful. Like they, they just... You can it tell. like the type of team that had a brand new coach, uh, new personnel. Um, uh, they looked like they hadn't really played in a regular season environment together. And that's all exactly true. And I thought, too, like last year, obviously, Jeff is saying, from what Jeff is saying, I, I think, too, like the Nuggets looked like a team that was off track and then they got on track, obviously won 57 games. This year, the team looks like the track might be a bumpy road which then you have that conversation of should the Nuggets actually try to make the playoffs and get you know beat in the first round because they don't look like a championship contending team or should they go ahead and tank this season, figure out which guys can play, which guys can't. And by the – my estimation is you should look at who can play and who can't by the trade deadline, get rid of the guys that can't play, maybe get bad and maybe maybe roll the dice on trying to find one of these three young guys or four or five young guys that might be – franchise changing players because the Nuggets could sure use one or two of them. Here's a third option. I guess just one with the draft pick. Here's a third option. <laughs> what if they try to make the playoffs but still end up being a lottery team? That won't do them any good. 
<laughs> Why? Because, I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. Because I don't think the Nuggets are going to tank this season, but they're probably going to try as hard as they can and still end up being having a very not great season. Well, look at it this way. It only does them any good if they get a – if they're bad enough to get enough – Ping pong balls or whatever they use now. Need those ping pong to balls. get a higher draft pick because there's really only about five or so, four or five, you know, that are game changing. So it really does you no good to just barely miss the playoffs. I mean, that just keeps. I didn't stuck say in. they would barely miss the playoffs. <laughs> like they could well, win like, seventeen. Well, okay, but well, I mean, every NBA team tries. I like think, if they win, win. twenty two games this season, and they actually try. Well, if they win twenty two games. Uh, there's a good chance they're going to get a very high percentage of uh, balls. See, that's what I think. I, I think with the team say. is currently constructed, they might get. I don't. I don't know. It's really early to tell, but I think maybe they might be a 500 team, which is probably not going to make the playoffs, but probably also not going to be one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. Although I guess they are one of the three worst teams in the West right now, and one of the fifth. Worst teams in the NBA record-wise, something yeah. like that. Fifth well, I mean, teams. I mean, the, right now the Phoenix Suns are over; they're playing over their heads. So are the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Sixers. Um, no one expected Utah to go zero and eight, but I think Utah did. Utah probably <laughs> did. Uh, oh, Utah is zero and eight. The Nuggets, the Nuggets beat the Good. Jazz the other night, but then for some reason, like the Jazz put their rookie center Rudy Gobert. They have a good third-year guy in Enos Cantor, and they benched him in the fourth quarter and put in their backup center for the entire fourth quarter, thus basically waving the white flag. It, it seemed to me like Utah tried for maybe two and a half quarters or three quarters, and then we're like, okay, yeah, we don't really want to win, so let's put out this random lineup. I mean, really, I mean, that's blatant, bald-faced, you know, tanking right that's there. That's like March or April tanking that yeah, you're that- seeing in <laughs> – November. I mean, that's pretty ballsy. It's kind of smart. I mean, if you're going to tank, you might as well tank early where the spotlight's not on you. That's what I'm saying. Good point, Ross. And you get two points for that, Ross, is what that means. Dude, can you mute that? Yeah, I don't know how to do that. I'll I'll try to figure it out. Jeez, Louise. (laughs) (laughs) Can I give an update on the third quarterback rule real quick? Yes, please. The third quarterback rule was a rule in the National Football League that governed the use of a third quarterback in addition to the starter and the backup. The rule was abolished in the 2011 season. Oh, oh thank God. So the Broncos, so the Broncos should, uh, can use all the quarterbacks they want. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm amazed. I didn't realize that rule existed. But it had to do with the number of players allowed on the active roster. So if they had to put in Rod Smith. I don't think that would necessarily be the third quarterback. Yeah, Rod role. Smith was the emergency quarterback. It would be kind of like, it would be kind of like pulling a guy off the non-active roster to play in there. But anyway, the rule is abolished. That's good news. Well, so, uh, I learned something uh, that I did not know existed, and then found out immediately that it was obsolete. So now I can always spring up. Oh, you know, they don't have the third quarterback rule anymore. So that'll make me sound smart. That is good. Hmm. It's actually pretty smart because, yeah, there is a lot of wildcat and, you know, you'd like to throw in your Brad Smiths to go play receiver or quarterback every once in a while. You guys know Brad Smith, right? No. I don't know. One of the best. Okay. Former yeah. former quarterback from Missouri? Yes. Missouri. Take a break and come back with more headlines. What are we doing? Taking a break? <laughs> Ross has checked out, uh, like, almost immediately. He's walking in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it a break. We'll come back with some more headlines. 
Colorado Sports Guy is still talking sports, believe it or not. <laughs> Get into headlines still. This one found earlier by our very own Man Car from Denver Stiffs, but Love also found Man Car. Also found separately by Jeff Morton from uh SFGate.com. I know this is probably from a real paper, but I don't think the whatever. SF I think Gate. I think it was on their blog. Is that San Francisco yeah. SF Gate. Uh, San Francisco Chronicle, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. I believe that's the Chronicle. Is it like the Golden Gate? Like the Golden Gate, San Francisco Gate. Yeah. Similar to the Golden Shower. Or like Watergate. But this one actually says by, listen to this. Goldenshower.com. I didn't know that, uh. The best, best peered website (laughs) ever. You kind of sound like the Dodgers, uh, game announcer, Vince Scully right there. Well. Wow. Um. Whoa. All right. Three, two pitch. (laughs) Do a golden slider. This article uh, from sfgate.com by rsimmons at sfchronicle.com or in parentheses, Rusty Simmons. Oh, Rusty Simmons. Rusty Rusty Simmons. Oh, Rusty Hole. Rusty Hole Simmons. Joe Lacob looks back at first three years as Warriors owner, looks ahead towards future. In this article, he gets into a, uh, a question posed who is this, to him. Who is this guy? He's the owner of the Golden State Warriors? Yes. Yeah. And he was asked. Uh, Joe Lacob. Joe Lacob. And he's Joe asked. Joe Lacob? How did you guys talk Andre Iguodala into signing here when you were capped out this summer? Uh, Lacob responds by saying, well, it's interesting. One of my favorite go-to sayings. It's interesting. Uh, he gets into the, the conversation here where basically he says, uh, let me find it. Let me find it. God damn it, Nate. <laughs> oh, wow. This is actually early in this thing. It's interesting. During one of the playoff games in Denver, I was sitting on the floor. I guess he couldn't afford a chair. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it turned out per chance that one of uh, his cousins, Igadala's cousins, was sitting behind us. We introduced and got to know him during the first game. When we came back for the second game, he made it pretty clear that Andre liked the Warriors – like the organization. Obviously, I couldn't talk about that at the time, but when we when he did become a free agent, I didn't have to sell a lot. He was pretty sold. That's It's not only not surprising because of what we have known about Andre Iguodala and we were talking about, you know, 8 months ago, the rumors around Andre Iguodala being the little snitch in in the in the Nuggets organization who's giving information or being sympathetic towards the Golden State Warriors. So it's it's not surprising on that side of things, but it is a little bit surprising that this owner would uh kind of speak about this so frankly. Yeah. Because you know, it's kind you're, of you're not, you're not supposed to be doing that. Yep. You, you know what I mean? But like clearly what happened was, uh, and it doesn't take too much to read between the lines here is that Andre Iguodala sent his cousin to go meet with the owner of the Warriors and say, Hey, he wants to come play with you guys. And, uh, it won't take much to get him this year. And so it was written then it, it was, you know, the writing was on the wall, so to speak. And Andre Iguodala, uh, let's face it, the Nuggets had a team that could have gotten out of the first round, possibly. They they were on a good run. They had a lot of momentum going to the playoffs. And now it's time to understand that Andre Iguodala, his presence on the team, not just because he wasn't good enough to take shots at the end of games, 
but also maybe may have intentionally tanked in order to um, probably, I guess, in his eyes, uh, make himself more appealing to the Warriors because when the Nuggets were playing in the playoffs, every Nuggets fan was rooting for the Nuggets. The Nuggets players were playing hard except for Iguodala who wanted the Nuggets to lose. That's clearly right. What we can gather from this that Iguodala was a traitor. He not just, and now it's like now it's just further proof, or at least evidence. And I wouldn't know if he was. I don't know if he wasn't trying hard. I mean, he did have a very good. I think it was was a game six. He game played six. Very but well. let's let's um, let's let's make be perfectly frank here. The signs didn't start in the playoffs. It started at the end of the season when Gallo went down, and then I. I've I've gone over this on the podcast. I've said it to many people, but the dude was blatantly stat stuffing at the end of the year, just like going for stats for his next contract. Regardless of whether he wanted to stay with the Nuggets or not, that's always a bad sign. That's like someone who's looking out for me. You know, he knows he has a contract. What kind of stats was he stuffing? Uh, Well, at at specifically several points, he was going for triple doubles at the end of the year, and like two games in a row. He got yelled at uh, Kenneth Fareed. Well, Kenneth Fareed said that after a game, right? Yeah, like, Kenneth Fareed said it. And then and Costa Kufus for grabbing, quote-unquote, his rebounds. And Iguodala, Iguodala also said that. I remember asking him after a game about getting close to a triple-double, and he, he kind of yelled out to Kenneth Fareed, well, Kenneth kept taking my rebounds. Yeah. And it's and like, like hmm. it's like, I mean, this is Marcus Camby stuff. And Camby got, like, got... Tons of crap for that when he was in the, in the Nuggets uniform for blatantly stat stuff. No, but you know? let me ask you this though: stat stuffing. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're stat stuffing to try and get a bunch of rebounds, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're not playing hard? Does well, that mean? I think it means when you have a contract coming up, you're trying to inflate no, your I, numbers. I understand so that, can, but that, but like, don't you want all guys to quote unquote stat stuff yeah, all season you, long? You do, all the but time? you want to do it in the right. Doesn't that mean you're just a good player? You want to do it in the right spirit. Obviously, I mean, if I don't mind stat stuffing if it's done within the context of really trying to win games, and it's not clear that Ingadala was in that mode, particularly at the end of this, particularly at the end of the season, especially when the Nuggets were battling for that third seed. I mean, remember, it, I mean, the Nuggets had to battle for that third seed all the way up to basically the last game of the season. Otherwise, they would have been playing the Grizzlies or something so, like that. So, so, in a way, he helped the Nuggets get into the playoffs in a good seed. Mm-hmm. And then during the playoffs, he decided, well, this team isn't good enough. I don't want to be a part of this team. I'd rather be playing for the Golden State Warriors. Well, you, and you heard, too, from Iguodala that he, you know, he's said that he really liked playing with Steph Curry when they did some Team USA mm-hmm. stuff. You know, and they got really close during that point in time and... You kind of also hear him hear hear him say some things during his press conference where he was saying, you know, it's really good to be on a team that has like competent big men. And we had people on Denver Stiffs like, wow, it looks like he's really taking shots at Denver by saying we have competent big men here. Like it was he hadn't played with good big guys before. And I was like, I think you guys are being a little overly sensitive. And now I'm like, well, look at all this other stuff. Maybe it is adding up. Maybe Iguodala is this, you know, kind of a. Basically those, a terrible person. Those types of comments, <laughs> those types of, t- types of comments don't really hurt that much unless it's true. 
so well, he, he probably true, had. There's probably some merit to those statements that the Broncos, or excuse me, the Nuggets don't really have good big men. But at the same, but, yeah, and you can see that now. But you look at the same time, and Andrew Bogut's almost 30 years old. You have David Lee, same boat. He was playing with young big guys here in Denver. The oldest guy is Timothy Mozgov, who was only 26 last year. You have Fareed, who's you know 23, 24. You have McGee, 24, 25. It's like you're playing with young guys that are still trying to learn, and you're a veteran guy. And yeah, maybe I guess you want to jump ship and go to a better situation. Trade McGee straight up for Andrew Bogut, wouldn't you? No, not for Andrew Bogut. Not for Bogut. Bogut. It's because Bogut is like a a walking injury. Yeah, Yeah, it's Australian. (laughs) Good day. He's really cool. This is my this is my thing about the Iguodala thing. I called it. I called the the Iguodala thing. Unfortunately, long before the playoffs started, and. Listen to this now. Now he called it. <laughs> and who really called it in this room? If one guy called it, it was old Roscoe. <laughs> Ross did not like Iguodala at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but Jeff had it in writing. But anyway. Um, and and But the, the, what frustrates me is this. I don't care if you want to go to another team. I just don't care. I mean, it is free agency. You've earned that right as a player to enter into free agency. What bothers me is the disingenuousness and the double dealing in the playoffs. I mean, there is something like extremely unseemly about that. You also have to wonder too, did he string the Nuggets along so they couldn't pursue other free agents when you had Tim Conley and Josh Kroenke talking about that they might be able to bring this guy back? I mean, was Iguodala honest with them and saying, look, I want to play for Golden State. If they can figure out a way to get me, that's where I'm going to go. Or was he giving the Nuggets indication that, yeah, I might come back there? Because we all know the Nuggets delayed signing anybody else before they you know, finished up his negotiations. They could have signed Marco Bellinelli. They could have maybe gone after Kyle Korver, who said he never really heard from the Nuggets because they were pursuing Iguodala. So now, now here's my question. If that's the case... Who's really at fault for that? I mean, could be smart from Iguodala. From that, well, that's how well, you weaken the Nuggets. Well, here's right? the thing, right? Uh, maybe maybe Iguodala wasn't as savvy enough or shrewd enough to uh, simultaneously put himself in a good position while screwing over the Nuggets. But why wouldn't Tim Connolly and why wouldn't the Nuggets brass be able to see through that at least? Uh, isn't that what makes a great? type of GM uh, guy, good executive is a guy who says, you know what, I'm going to make the best moves for my team, and I'm not going to let some guy like Andre Iguodala play me and screw me over. That's like 30 years old. And maybe it's lessons learned for Tim Connolly and the Nuggets because they have to realize, you know, we need to do what's absolutely best for the Nuggets franchise. And we don't care. And and if they didn't see that Andre Iguodala was a lame duck – as a as a player, especially how much he was getting paid. I mean, Andre Iguodala is one of the most overrated middle players I've ever seen. I mean, he's not a top 30 player in the NBA. But at the same time, the Nuggets may have seen all of that, and they may have maybe known that he was as good as gone or whatever, and maybe they didn't really want to bring him back either, You know, at least not at the price that they might have had to pay. 
And maybe they didn't want to sign other guys because other guys weren't difference makers anyway. So what's it matter? Well, the free agent was in a transition. There, there was a lot of upheaval going on in the organization at the time. And the the free agent crop this year wasn't great. That good? No, it was bad. It was in 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 Igadala when Igadala is one of the prized free agents outside. Yeah, that's a bad (laughs) outside of Dwight Howard. And then you know what? It was Dwight Howard and then Andre Andre Iguodala, which is a joke. And then Andre Iguodala is a joke. And then, but next season, <laughs> good luck, Warriors. T-shirt still on the. What wall. is it? What is it? Next season, you got LeBron, D Wade, you know, potentially Melo, yeah. all entering free agency at the same Luol time. Walt Dang, I believe, Luol, is a free agent. Well, Walt Dang, but I mean, it's like I'd take Walt Dang. What about Joaquin Noah? Is he available? Joaquin Noah. He Joaquin Noah. Someday. But you know, and, and let me put it. Let me put it. Walks Here's along. another thing. I would say maybe Masai Ujiri would have been able to sniff out if Igadala was playing him. I, I just don't know if necessarily the Nuggets cared enough to really have to pursue other mediocre free agents. Yeah. Something else that we were laughing about before the show is when we brought up the fact that, you know, Masai re-signed JaVale McGee to a big contract and then that he did. God damn it. <laughs> good point, Nate. <laughs> Here comes another good point. That's the hot take. Uh, but the fact that, you know, Masai Ujiri signed – JaVale McGee to this big contract and that he also took the gamble and traded Aaron Aflalo, a very yeah. productive player, as well as a first-round pick, an unprotected first-round pick, for a chance to get Andre Iguodala. Like, think of what the Nuggets could have if they had two first-round draft picks in this upcoming draft. No, I mean, Aflalo is on a pretty reasonable contract. Imagine that contract as opposed to the litany of contracts they signed you know, right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's whatever would have happened. Would the Nuggets would have, would the Nuggets have won 57 games last year with a Flalo? Maybe they win 52. Maybe they win 52, <laughs> 53. <laughs> you know, I, but, you know, it's, it's one of those questions where you're like, okay, maybe the Masai Ujiri made, in hindsight, some pretty poor moves. What? Impossible. Yeah. In Masai, we trust. <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. But yeah, I mean, you look at it and you're like, what if the Nuggets, if they don't get anything out of McGee and then all of a sudden you, you wasted a first round pick and a Flalo and even Al Harrington, who, you know, was very injured at that point in time, but he could have been bought out the last couple of years of his deal. So it wouldn't have been, you know, a hamstringing salary. No Wilson Chandler, uh, pun intended there, the hamstring. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, you, you kind of look at things and you're like, well, you know, we, we did build up Messiah a lot. I mean, at Denver Stiffs, we did that. I did that at least, you know. Oh, and Batman. It's because yeah. he was just so handsome, charming, and well dressed. Yeah. To be honest. But you learn, I mean, from Not a what, great GM. Yeah, and like, to, like, <laughs> very nice looking man. Like Tim Conley has said a few times, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a game of mistakes and, yep. you know, it looks like maybe Messiah's mistakes were a little more costly than, uh, than first advertised. Well, the JaVale McGee mistake is going to stay with the Nuggets for a long time, unfortunately. And that's, that's one thing Nuggets. Is JaVale McGee to, the new Nene? Yeah. I wish, I wish, I wish he was Nene. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that's even worse. Yeah. You're pining for Nene. Nene, Nene at least, at least he faked injuries. Pro- honestly, he pre- he faked injuries, but at least he was competent. And right now, we're not Nene even sure he was completely incompetent. I mean, we're not even sure that McGee is is competent at this point. So it's like it's like saddling us with forty four million dollars of well, McGee. This but you know, by the end of this McGee. year, half of that contract is gone. Javale so. McGee does have. In out of all the NBA players, he has the absolute best. I mean, 
best YouTube channel. No, he does have a good YouTube. This is true. Does have a, really? True. Even more so than Nate Robinson? I like State of Nate web series. Pretty good. I meant the second best. Second best. <laughs> second <laughs> best. Absolute Jeff, second best. Jeff, what would you rather see YouTube the Nuggets gym. do? Like where do you feel the season's going and what would you kind of lean towards them doing as this season progresses? No one wants to see a bad team. No one. I, I would – raise your hand if you want to see a terrible, terrible team. This year? Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, if you want to watch it, hand, it's like far as raise your hand if you don't have a choice. Yeah, like entertainment. Uh, <laughs> raise your hand if no matter what happens, we're gonna have a bad team. <laughs> but if you I'm if you want hand. the Nuggets to be long term in a better position, then maybe them being bad is not such a bad thing. Like by twenty twenty. I mean, that something that you, something you, <laughs> not that far off. Something you don't put a lot of faith in is the NBA lottery process, right? <laughs> you be you old man, but you don't you don't put a lot of faith into the NBA lottery, right? Not with the Nuggets history, no. Yeah, but would you want to see them like maybe make a gamble on this season? Well, see, there's, there's okay. legitimately maybe five guys that but, could. Yeah, be, then maybe this lottery is idiot proof. Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. We don't know who the next Darko is that's going to enter the picture at yeah. some point during the season. I mean, season. Joe Dumars. That's easy. Just don't pick the white project player from frickin' Eastern Europe. There is yeah. a white project player, I guess, who's projected pretty highly in this draft. Yeah. There? Let somebody He's gonna else. He's going to be the bust. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be this mistake. But, uh, I mean, it's, I'd hate watching Terrell because I remember watching the Nuggets in the late 90s and it was just awful to watch. But at the same time... None of those drafts had anyone particularly outstanding, you know? And until... Aside from, like, Garnett, Duncan, LeBron. No, Garnett was mid-90s. You know, I'm talking, I mean, they couldn't have got Garnett in, in, in where they were. So, and he was at 95. So, you know, and 18 and 95, my God. What was Garnett like the seventh pick or fifth pick or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Timber slipped goals. a little bit because of the high school angle. But. And ninety five Nuggets weren't bad enough that year to do that. Um, but I mean, there's there's later drafts. I mean, had Paul Pierce. I mean, but Paul Paul Pierce has as has been proved is is just a, a good second banana. Nuggets you know. passed on Paul Pierce for for Rafe LaFrance. <laughs> yeah, those and the, Vince uh, Carter <laughs> for Rafe LaFrance. They're teammates oh in Kansas. Oh my god. <laughs> the teammates there. So Kansas. bad. <laughs> but, you know, and they also if, took If the Nuggets had the opportunity to pass on Car- Carmelo Anthony for Darko, they would have. Yeah, they definitely would have. And that's one of the things. I mean, we've talked spoken to several people about that and how definite um Tiki Vandaway was about selecting Darko Milicic. And then you're like then Joe Dumars, I mean, regardless of what, how Carmelo Anthony turned out and how, what you feel about him now, thank God Joe Dumars took Darko Milicic because the Nuggets would have been set back another couple years of rebuilding at that point if he would have, if he would have selected Darko. Instead of like the 10, 11, 12 years that they were already set back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would have, it would just by, picking just been piled a good player, by picking a good player, they were set back. 12 years. Yeah. I still think, though, that <laughs> sucks. I think this season, though, that the Nuggets can definitely afford to see what they have up until the trade deadline, which is going to be, you know, obviously in, in February. I still think they have enough time to figure out, you know, who they can build around or who they want to keep. And at the trade deadline, I think it's going to be time probably to unload some guys that, you know, might be able to go contribute somewhere 
that also might give you a chance to develop some guys that also might give you a chance to fall into that line. You, you unload Andre Miller, you know. And you look at Nate Robinson, you look at Terrell Arthur, you look at if you can get a taker for a JaVale McGee's contract, you know, if you can package him with somebody. You mean a sucker? Yeah, you look you for a sucker. You don't mean a taker, you mean a sucker. And maybe you look at, you know, you look at your options with Daniel Gallinari and Wilson Chandler. You think, hey, if maybe something pans out or whatever, you look at whatever options you have to maybe get worse and maybe you get better. And people always make fun of the NBA for, oh, you, you have to get worse to get better. Tell me what sport you don't have to get worse to get better. Like the Kansas City Chiefs were terrible last year. Yeah. And people are like, well, they didn't have a high pick. They didn't have a high pick, but they sure as hell signed a lot of guys. Well, the, the, the traded for guys. The NFL is a little different in, in the fact a that. A lot different. Since, since there's no guaranteed contracts, the draft and trading are not as emphasized as they are in other leagues. So everything in the NFL is free agency. Basically everything is free agency in the NFL. Um, and, uh, and a mid-level, lower to mid-level guy, I guess, Seven million dollars a year, yeah. and you it can is, say too. And the difference between NBA free agency and NFL free agency is, you know, guys are willing to go play wherever the heck, whatever guys are going to offer them guaranteed money. Yeah. Where in the NBA, you're typically, you know, you're going to get guys that do want to put themselves in good situations. But the NFL, with as big as the rosters are, you can get a good situation to almost happen overnight. Well, the players are dime a dozen in the NFL. It's just, I mean, there's so many of them. But the in, the in the NBA, they have all guaranteed contracts, but there's less of them. And then with the NBA, the way they structure their trading is that that's why trade deadline in the NBA is like such like Christmas because there's like so much happens and there's all, it's always so interesting about what's going on. It's just like the trade deadline in Major League Baseball is the same way. Yeah, you look at baseball, like guys, the teams sell off everybody at the trade deadline yep. and they really look to build through – the draft. Yep. I mean, baseball is almost all about building through the draft and getting enough prospects to either be a good young team or be able to sell those prospects like the Cardinals might do with the Rockies to get Troy Tulowitzki. You know, you, you sell two or three prospects to pick up a guy like Tulowitzki. I heard they're they're not trading Tulowitzki. That's what I heard. Nice. Did, good. Did you get that from Troy Rank? I heard it. And I'm, I'm grasping onto that. <laughs> I like Tulo. Would you guys trade Tulo? I would, would I trade Tulo. I would. Yes. Hell no! I love Tulo. I would. If you were, if you renamed you, renamed you Dan O'Dowd, would you trade Troy Tulowitzki? If you renamed me that, I would fight you. Oh wait, no, that would be <laughs> one of the other guys, not the GM. Monfort. Monfort. If, I was, if you renamed me Monfort, I would fist fight you right now. <laughs> but no, I wouldn't trade Tulo. And that's the thing where you, people kind of look at that across sports where they're like, we we hear from a lot of Nuggets fans, like if the Nuggets trade Kenneth Freed, I'm no longer a fan of the team. And you kind of see some of that with Rockies fans where it's like, if you trade Troy Tulowitzki, I'm not going to be a fan of the team. And it's like, look at how many guys start their career with the team and end with that same team. It just doesn't happen. That's a weird comparison, by the way. I don't see any comparison between Kenneth Fareed and Troy Tulowitzki. Why not? Because I don't think Kenneth Fareed is is the same caliber player as Tulo is. A lot of NBA fans would uh, NBA fans would disagree with that. I statement. think a lot of NBA fans are idiots. <laughs> Kenneth Reed is okay. I mean, he's fine. He's fun to watch. He's kind of he's crazy. He's manimal. He's got he's a, a nice complexion and a, a lot of crazy hair. He's obviously but probably he's an not, elite rebounder and probably a slightly above average offensive player and a completely 
uh, below average he's, defensive player. He's slightly above offensive, according to you. I would disagree. Uh, he's a, an elite rebounder. Great. Big deal. Uh, most teams should be able to get all the defensive rebounds they can. Uh, the only reason why you need a good offensive rebounder is if your team can't make baskets. <laughs> so, well, uh, great. So, you so, created a guy that is good at getting offensive rebounds when your team should just be making a lot of baskets. So what's your argument for the oft-injured Troy Tulowitzki? Yes, oft-injured. Good uh, adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about Tulo is that he plays uh, – There, there is a big difference between the NBA and the MLB when it comes to competition. Um, it's it's completely not apples to apples. As far as watching the Rockies play, you don't watch the Rockies play in hopes that they win a World Series, frankly. You just want to go and watch your guys play. But in basketball, you really could. The Nuggets could get a team that is good enough to win an NBA championship. They could, but they haven't. They've tried to do it, but... Even when they did, they kind of did it with a, a, a strong superstar or a moderate superstar. The Nuggets have never had good enough players to win. Well, they yeah. they have had good enough players, I well. mean, but they just haven't done that extra thing. You know what they've really lacked, is, and especially during the Carmelo years, is that strong center. I mean, maybe Marcus Camby was a championship center. I don't think so. No, no Camby was never. Camby was too soft. And yeah, I mean, you know, if the Nuggets had say like Tyson Chandler on as a center or something like that, but we'll look at it this way: if the if the the Colorado Rockies had say Tim Lincecum as their ace for at the same period that the 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 Giants have, yeah, with in combination with with Cargo and Tulo, does that make them World Series contenders? Makes them pretty close. Okay, so probably they, not enough, but it makes them pretty close. Well, so in the, in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's not what Tulo brings is what they need. Maybe they need what someone like Lincecum brings. Well, yeah, you need uh, Lincecum, and you need about two other guys that are pretty close to Lincecum. Yeah, um, but we're talking old school Lincecum that was good, right? Yeah, yeah, old he's, not, he's not good anymore. <laughs> Although he's he decent. did he did sign a two year, thirty five million dollar contract recently, which is amazing. But, baseball, they just got that baseball money. Yeah, baseball money. But as far as basketball goes, it, there's there's a you can have a great team, but you still need to like just flood it with good players. I mean, basketball is the one sport where literally you need three great players. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. You need you need that score, right? The, the, they had them. They had that with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. They never really had that that dominating center, or at least a guy like uh, I don't know Tim Duncan. Uh, I mean, clearly, if you have Tim Duncan, it makes whatever scorer you have you know much more effective. Well, if you could take but, those Knicks and Nuggets teams and put them together, they would have been great. If you had like Tyson Chandler at center, if you had Nene at power forward, Mello at small forward, and you know a Flalo at shooting guard and you know, either Felton and Lawson or whatever, you yeah. know, and you have bench guys of Gallo and, and Chandler and all that stuff. I mean, it would, have, it would be a good team. Yeah. But that's the problem with the NBA is you're either, you know, stuck with a, a team that's floating around with mediocrity, like the Nuggets have been the last couple of years, or you have a team like the Knicks who has a superstar, 
but they can't put the right players around him because they had to trade everybody to get that superstar. You know, so then you're kind of yeah. playing a waiting game where you have to sign guys and hope that guys are old enough to where they want to just chase a title and come play with you. You know, Shane Battier, Ray Allen, all those guys in Miami that went and did that there. Chris Anderson, another guy. Yeah, and it's it's you know, and with the Major League Baseball, it's. You know, they got some teams that, say like the Kansas City Royals, that just give up and they're going to go directly through their farm system. And when the players get good enough, they'll trade them off. Um, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates were like that for a long time. It was just the players would get good enough and you're gone. You know, because they just had that, that system. You don't want to pay them 200 million you know, for yeah. eight years. The whatever. Rockies are, are a mid, a classic mid market team. Which means it's kind of like the way the Nuggets are. Mid markets are have it all so much worse than small markets do. Small markets actually make more money because they get more revenue share. Um, the mid markets don't, so they're stuck really rigidly on their whatever cap they have. It's specifically the uh, the Rockies, which have not deviated from uh, their cap for years. So if you're stuck in that, you have to be hit it. In your farm system, and then and the Rockies, unfortunately, outside of a couple instances, I've just not really done that. I've also you know? seen I saw people when they were talking about trading to whiskey that were saying that the Cardinals might give the Rockies two or three good, good to decent pitchers or whatever. But when you bring those pitchers to Colorado, they're not going to be as good as they were outside of Colorado. You know, it always scares me when you're talking about trading a. a you know what I think is a pretty good offensive player for pitching in Colorado. It's like I think you need to build, you know, like the Broncos, like the Rockies. You need to build or Nuggets used to be, and the Broncos. You need to build a good offensive team, and then hope you can cobble together some pitching. Well, what do you think about that, Russ? I mean, you go to the park. Would you would you pay to see a, a grinded out pitching team or a slug it out Blake Street Bombers kind of team? Well, <laughs> when you look at the teams that win World Series, they have both. So I, I don't understand why you you would have to choose One between the, the two. <laughs> uh, yeah. You bring in a lot of good pitchers. You get, bring in a lot of good uh, batters, and you have guys that can field the ball. It's not – I mean, what it comes down to is how much money can they put into it because the best batters and the best pitchers require a lot of money. The, the Nuggets or the Rockies have in their history – Gone out on a limb once or twice for good pitching. It didn't pan out. And I'm talking about Mike Hampton, Denny Nagel type stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. So it didn't work out. So then what? We just tuck our tail between our legs and go, go on about our business and then say, Oh, you know what? Actually, it turns out that, uh, we could just make a lot of money without having a winning franchise. <laughs> and, and, and frankly, who, who cares? Who gives a shit? We'll, we'll do that. And, and, and you know what? It's not like, uh, Colorado Rockies fans are only going to be happy with a World Series team uh, or a or even a playoff team. We're still going to be going out there, going to the park. I know we talk; everybody talks about that all the time. But but frankly, I'm not even I'm not even worried about the Rockies that much. I, I, I want to know about what's going to happen with the Nuggets. How are the Nuggets going to do it? How are the Nuggets going to do what the Broncos are doing? Is there a, a, a reason why Denver is not a good team or a good city for a a, a, a NBA team to have a championship type team. We also just why not? I, I don't see why not. People, you, you hit on a pretty good point though, and you said no matter what the Rockies do, people are going to show up. And you know, I went to well, people are going to do that for the Broncos too. 
Broncos have sold out every game for 30 plus years, but they're still putting together a championship caliber team. And one thing that they're, that they may not show up for is, as we've seen, the Avalanche and the Nuggets have suffered attendance numbers when the teams haven't been good. And those might be the only two teams because really, there's nothing special about going to the Pepsi Center to see a bad Nuggets team play. You're That's not true. getting great views of the mountains and, and the in-game the entertainment blows. It's, I mean, it's, it's too it, much. It's some of the worst in-game entertainment. I mean, yeah, that's interesting because you know, uh, I don't. The, I when don't you go care to, for it. when you go to watch an NBA game, the attraction is the game. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. As opposed to baseball, or at least in baseball in the city of Denver. When you go to watch baseball, or excuse me, basketball or hockey at the Pepsi Center. You are going there to watch basketball or hockey. I mean, no one is because going to be going that's up where there. it's fun. That's where the energy comes. Not from. everyone goes. Not hear. everyone goes up to the Tawaka Chill Zone. You know, we're also going to hear like you know loud music, Rocky doing his thing, weird stuff happening on the court during timeouts, halftime. Like you're getting. You're not going to so see much Rocky's more than, lifeless body lower to the court. <laughs> You're getting so much more than just a basketball game. And to me, you know, as a, as a fan of the game, I just don't care for any of that stuff. I zone out and don't pay attention. The only thing I do like is Kiss Cam. You got me on Kiss Cam, you Pepsi Center marketing geniuses. I love the Kiss Cam. <laughs> it's the see, best. I, I mean, up in the rafters. I love the Kiss Cam. Yeah. Up in the rafters where we sit for the in West press slobs. In the blogger section? Yeah. Blogger section up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> up in the nosebleeds. You're suspended by your neck yeah. from the rafters yeah, just we, like Rocky. We're coming, we're coming down at a slow pace. <laughs> and, you know, you look at it and it's just really uh, nothing. You gotta, you're there for the game. I mean, it's really hyper concentrated for that. And I don't think fan experience is that good for, in general, for the winter sports. But here. they did the thing they were like, duh, duh. Defense, defense. Well, there's just it's. Wasn't that part cool? You didn't like that? There's something different though, isn't there? It's like I always like mellow. You know what's interesting though is like like you you literally go to the Rockies games and there's nothing besides baseball going on, and for some reason that draws a crowd. But when you go to a Nuggets game, there's a thousand things going on, but. Really, I'm only there for the game. It's like I should I should be a baseball fan because I'm actually going just to watch the game, and that's what they give you there. But with the Nuggets, they give you like a thousand things, and I only want one of those thousand. Well, see, things. you, you, you know, can't crazy. with the winter sports. You cannot overcome bad product. If the if the product is bad, people aren't just going to come. With the Rockies, you're not able to be outside during the summer. With the Rockies, it's perfect because it's during the middle of the summer. Weather in Colorado is very good in the summer. And people will go out and just enjoy being outside. And that ballpark is a triumph. Yeah, and it's a yeah. g- great ballpark. <laughs> you, can go to to a, you can go to a day game, you know, wear shorts, you know, wear a tank top, get a little sun out there. I don't wear out. tank tops, but they're well, going to do a sky, they're going to put a sky bar. There's a sky bar going sky in. Deck. Like, yeah, the party deck. I am in. It's, it's going to be called <laughs> Death. In. It's going to be sponsored by the Tawaka Death Zone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you know it's funny, yeah, yeah uh, tall drunk people they, don't lean uh, over. Wasn't it uh, the Atlanta the Stadium, the Brave Stadium, where that guy died earlier mm-hmm. this year? Yeah, now they're going to move him out. They're going to move him out. It's going to be you next year. We're going to hear about Please. it. We're going to come back for the podcast. and <laughs> But they're going to move uh, the Atlanta Braves out of that stadium. That's right. Stadium. They uh, – they, uh, or and, uh, that it. stadium, I heard. Why, just why don't like, they just replace the railings? It's so much cheaper. Well, uh, I think they still <laughs> want them to die. Like they still want oh, their okay. fans to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really against their fans. Well, it, 
getting <laughs> getting back to the the actual thing. The, the Nuggets. Oh, back to the Nuggets. The, I mean, within but you you so drew depressing. you drew a a juxtaposition here with the Rockies and the Nuggets, and with the with the Nuggets, the rosters are so small. Your margin for error is a is a sliver, and it's it, true. And you just can't have to hit it when you hit it in the draft. With the uh, Major League Baseball draft, they, there's like what ninety rounds or something like that. I mean, they get like a whole slew of That's players. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> and then there's you, but like they, they all go to the, the <laughs> they'll go to the farm system and they they marinate in the farm system until they're ready. You know, there's no margin for error. Oh, hey, next whoa. time you hear that, <laughs> give us a call, 720-722-1274. What a free pair of tickets to Ross's Formula One test viewing party. Tenth caller wins tickets. Next time you hear that little, uh, tickets whatever that was. Every hour on the half hour, 15 to the 10s, you get courtside seats to Ross Martin's couch to watch Formula One racing. Formula One. Anyway, but that's so, the other thing yeah, too. Though, you know what I'm saying, though, Nate. I mean, this is like a yeah. But when also you can't, you can't mess up. Also, when was the last time we saw bad basketball in Denver? It's there's been a, ten years. There's a whole generation of fans. Think about it. If you're ten years old, you're now twenty, and you grew up watching good Nuggets teams. You think that the Nuggets have always been good, and you know, <laughs> us older fans know that they there there is a downside to this good stuff in the NBA. Yeah, and that's, and that's we that's, may be <laughs> dipping our toes in the water. I now. was making this point you know? on stiffs. A lot of the people who uh, like comment on stiffs are people who came in during the Carmelo Young Anthony character and all that, and they have no concept of how bad it is to be to watch a bad. They don't remember the days thing. when I was drinking the thirty pack of Keystone <laughs> Lights with my buddy in the Sigma Chi fraternity house, watching Nicholas Skidishvili put up eight Sigma points Kai! on seven of thirty will, shooting. I will never forget going in the year. Don't ask why, baby. It's Sigma Chi. In the year 2001, <laughs> 2002, Issel's last year, and then that's when the I think it was after Issel resigned. And so I believe Mike Evans was coaching, right? And I went there to watch the team, and Birdman was in there. And that was the first year uh, Chris Anderson was on the Nuggets. When he had like three tattoos. Yeah. yeah. And but back I'm watching then he was known as Mahmoud abdul Rauf. <laughs> Yes. He was the former Chris Jackson. Before oh, wait, different guy. Sorry. Before he once again changed his name. Yes. Sorry. And I was watching that team, and it was I was with my dad, and my dad was like, this is awful. Yeah. There's no way I will pay to watch this crap. I remember talking myself into Kenny Satterfield and Vincent Yarbrough. I was like, these guys are going to be surprises. People aren't even going to know. And like Danielle Marshall, Keon Clark, you know, I was like, oh these guys God. are going to be players. Jeez. Keon Clark actually had moments where he was passable. Yeah, he got a decent contract, I think, from the Raptors after yeah. he left the Nuggets. He was like, that was a mistake, guys. I watched this guy play 132 games. Keith, he's terrible. Keon Clark had two good years. And, you know, in, um, he's and, actually but, this generation's Anthony Randolph. He pretty like, much he is. is. Pretty much is. And, you know, and, you know, but you look at it and you think, you, you, you look at it and you think, it is so much harder for any team, and it has nothing. Let me let me just point this out to people who are are like, oh, it's because free agents and you know guarantee, and that has nothing to do with it. Just like anything in the NBA, you have to hit it. You have to get it right, 
and you're, you have to count on your GMs being good. You have, everything has to work. There is such an immense amount of luck in the NBA where you have to, everything has to go absolutely right. And that, you could change all, you can put a hard cap in there, you could like have no guaranteed contracts, you could do all that stuff. It won't matter because the NBA, you don't have, the rosters aren't big enough, and there, you just have no margin for error. No margin for error. And like Conley, I mean, Conley said it perfectly. It's calculated mistakes. Yep. You know, he always harps on that, and that's basically what it is. But that's also, I think, what makes the NBA so interesting is the fact that when you actually have a David versus Goliath, it truly is David versus Goliath. Like this year, let's say the Broncos wind up playing, I don't know, in like the NF, in the Super Bowl, let's say the Broncos play, I don't know, the Packers or, you know, some the Arizona Cardinals. Let's say yeah. the Cardinals make a run, yeah. and you're like, "Wow, this is a truly David versus Goliath." The Broncos' offense is so great, and the Cardinals have this terrible quarterback. It's never going to be as big as a mismatch as like you know the Nuggets Sonics were in '94, or the Warriors Mavericks were in 2007. Like. I mean, there's no way that those underdogs in the NBA should ever beat the Goliath, but when it happens, it's magic. And that that is something people don't understand. In the NBA, excuse me, in the NFL, pretty much every team is even. That's, I'm, I'm sure that's me. Um, every team is even, pretty much. I mean, there is very few teams other than like, like year, this year with Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. Oh, we're talking about football? Yeah. Sorry, I laughed a little bit. Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville and Tampa Bay, every team is pretty much, I mean, it's parity in its truest sense. Every team is pretty much even. And because no great team, quote unquote, has, doesn't have enormous flaws. <laughs> no, no great team has, doesn't have enormous flaws like the Broncos. Great offense, not as great defense. What? Chiefs, no, the, the Broncos' Chiefs, defense is fantastic. The Chiefs, we even horrible, <laughs> horrible offense, very good defense, who, who's faced nothing but third and fourth string quarterbacks. Very decent defense, <laughs> very bad or average offense. But you know, it's it's what is it? every every team in the in the NFL is pretty much on the same plane. Yeah, you're not that like every, that's why the same any given Sunday pretty much comes about where. Basically, when you enter the NBA playoffs, there is no any given Sunday. It's the best team's going to win no matter what. Where I think it's it's beautiful when you do see a team come together. Like when the Mavericks won the title, they weren't the most talented team, you know, by any stretch. But they put together a couple months where they truly were the best team, and they got the best matchups. Yeah, good. You can never discount. It's kind of like that, that year sure. the Nuggets went to the two, to the uh, Western Conference Finals in two thousand nine. Yeah, they had by matchups. far the best matchups they could get. You know, sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. And you know, last year Miami was definitely the best team in the league because they went through a murderer's row yeah, to get to the finals. So I mean, you, there was no dispute last year that then Miami was the best team. All that said, if the Nuggets somehow wind up with Jabari Parker, I'm completely fine with that. I recorded the Duke-Kansas game tonight to do some scouting so that I can know how great Jabari Parker might be for this team, even though he might be the next Carmelo Anthony, basketball-wise, not off-the-court-wise. He won't leave us for New York, that bastard. 
<laughs> he's Mormon. They don't he's leave. Mormon. He's, they, they don't leave things. He's like Ross's boy, <laughs> and he can play forever. He doesn't. He doesn't drink the caffeine. He's not smoking. He's not drinking the booze. I mean, this guy can play for thirty years. There we go. I like it. I like the Mormons. Thirty years, boys. All right. I don't. I don't know what else we got. We got headlines once again have glided us through this fantastic show. I don't know what to say, really. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll peter out on that. So the biggest battle of our professional lives. <laughs> I've made all the mistakes a middle-aged youngster can make. I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around. <laughs> See these young faces. Blew all my money. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's going to be back in the studio. The palatial studios. Even if we have a random, uh, like a chime or, or some weird, like noise. I was trying to incorporate, you know, a drop of when you had a good point, but I think it was, uh, <laughs> sounded more like my computer malfunctioning. <laughs> well, that was good. Well, yep. uh, you know, what else is good, uh, is that, uh, we have a new sponsor. Yes. Yes. The Chop House, the Denver Chop House. God bless them. They saw, uh, saw in us what we saw in ourselves all along. Greatness. We're like a good, finely cooked steak. You know what they saw? Nice, firm. They looked at the three of us and they said, those people will eat steak. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? The last time me and Jeff and uh, Andrew Feinstein from Denver Stiffs had lunch there a couple weeks ago, I had myself a salmon BLT. That was, looked very good. Jesus. Salmon BLT? One word describes wow. that sandwich, and it's delicious. I had a perfectly cromulent uh, um, French dip. It was very good. Last time I was there, I was asked to leave. (laughs) Maybe you should have held that off till we were off here. Were you wearing wearing the Adidas running pants and white t-shirt you got on now? I was overdressed the last time we were there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, fun, good podcast. Good to be back. Uh, A little bit of a crazy week here. The, the, The Broncos are coming up. Nuggets got the Lakers here tomorrow. Yeah, Lakers think, tomorrow uh, night, yeah. We got, we no Kobe Chiefs, Bryant. We got the Chiefs coming to town. Ugh, uh, the Avalanche nice. or whatever doing their thing. <laughs> Playing them hockey guys. Playing, you know, it's you just know nice eating that just... mayo and, you know. <laughs> Dude, we talked Rockies in November for no reason for like that's true. six minutes. That's true. Uh, and that's it's some because sort of faux pas, Monfort drinks a lot. That could be. Yes, we didn't talk about Charlie Monfort uh, running afoul of the law. but I also saw his mugshot where he had a big grin on his face. So yeah, he, was, he looked good. He did. He looked happy. Why is it you know, better there, than there's a mugshot of me over here? It's better I'm, than Helton. I'm Helton's so proud of it. It's the best I've ever looked. Here, look at this mugshot of me. Oh, boy. It's the best I've ever looked. Young Roscoe. Is that Photoshop, <laughs> by to, the way? <laughs> I need to see this. I think the airbrush. That was uh, one of my many, many uh, run-ins with the lock. Yeah. <laughs> that looked good. Well, look at Look at old Ross there. <laughs> They wow. Say, they say Ross was one of those uh, quote unquote you young You look guns. a lot different in that. Uh, I know. It's because I don't have jowls in that picture. I think you photoshopped it. <laughs> Something up with that. Something up with that picture. Uh, All right. Denver. All right, Good boys. Deal. Well, let's get out of here. Come back. Do a little uh, gambling on Thursday. Yeah, we'll see you guys on Thursday for Gamblers on the Storm. Raise the pace. <laughs>